First I would pee as King of Ring Champion. to my throne. And then I'd beat Chan McMahon all in one night. My mind is spinning. Nobody deserves to be more famous than D.D.P. I am a man's man. I am a champion of champions. I am Stone Cold Steve Austin. Would you please shut the hell up? Benoit and Jericho are kicking the ass. A conspiracy to the snap. Two on one. Austin is a desperate man. And I do not like it. Austin's days of champion may be numbered. Muscle, muscle. There will be hell to pay here. Hey, dude, I'm begging you. Make me famous. Welcome again to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick Young, last week we had a little superstar shakeup. So let's begin the news desk this week by discussing the superstar shakeup. That, that works for me. Coming off the heels of the shakeup, there are a few people that are upset with their new homes. It would be difficult yes. to completely rearrange your life. And so uh, I don't have a complete list. Do you have a complete list? Okay, well here here is the list. Here's who switched from Raw to SmackDown. Kevin Owens, the United States Champion. Charlotte Flair, The New Day. Rusev, Lana, Sami Zayn, The Shining Stars, Sin Cara, Jinder Mahal, and Tamina Snuka. I'll go to SmackDown, which I thought Tamina was already on SmackDown, but I thought she was okay. Too. And uh, here are the people that went from SmackDown to Raw. The Miz and Maurice, Intercontinental Champion Dean Ambrose, Bray Wyatt, Alexa Bliss, Mickey James, Apollo Crews, Kalisto, Heath Slater, and Rhino, and Kurt Hawkins. Wow. Yeah, Bray is going to be, uh, he's basically become very belligerent backstage, very angry and aggressive towards the way the WWE staff and writers have treated him lately at one point in time they had bo dallas growing out a beard and he was going to join the wyatt family so he's finally going to be able to be with his brother then they can the wyatt family and they split them up then he does this whole deal with randy orton that's going to lead into the next pay-per-view but yet you've already shoved him over to raw in his exact words is he's tired of being jerked around and having the rug pulled out from under him so he is at the verge of asking for his release from wwe well that would be ridiculous uh for him to to ask for his release because this character he can't take the character with him and his character is everything because when he was husky harris he was not going very far in this company yes he is a big loser in this draft if he remains on raw because the title match is still going to happen at the raw pay-per-view even though it's for the smackdown title right so he could very well win the belt and be right back on smackdown so this could just be a swerve they could still remedy this but yes the the wyatt family are big losers in this especially eric rowan because eric rowan redebuted, you know a couple weeks ago and he was still bray wyatt's lackey yeah then you take bray right back away from him 
Yeah. Just lost. Well, and I mean, Luke Harper. Luke, Luke's able to stand on his own. Strowman's able to stand on his own. Bray's able to stand on his own. But you, you really screwed over Eric Rowan. Well, and Bray. Just splitting those three guys or so. You need to take Harper and Rowan off TV and repackage them if you determine to break this group up. All their characters are just so associated with the Wyatt family. Like, even when Luke Harper is a singles wrestler, he still wears, well, now he wears a black, you know, uh, sleeveless shirt instead of a white sleeveless shirt. But he still looks like a member of the Wyatt family. Yeah. I just think you need to take those guys off TV and repackage them before. It'd be like breaking up the Shining Stars and they just keep doing... The, the Shining Stars gimmick, yeah. yeah. So big time losers in this uh, superstar shakeup was the Wyatt family. I also think Miz and Maurice, big losers, because they're just going to get lost on Raw. They're just going to get lost in the crowd. Yeah. On on SmackDown, he also, the Miz was able to use Talking Smack as a platform to further his character. Raw doesn't have that, that show. I hated on the kickoff of Raw this week that they uh, immediately have him come out as being Cena and Nikki. That was WrestleMania. That was two weeks ago. I still like it because it's funny. I like the gimmick. Don't get me wrong. But when you're making your debut, be yourself. You know what I'm saying? Give the fans that opportunity to, to see what they're getting not i also think a big loser is dean ambrose but he is going to be a big loser no matter which show he's on with this character that he's got because wacky dean ambrose is not something that works for him and like so he comes out there and he interrupts the miz and wacky dean ambrose can't tell that it's not john cena and so he starts talking to him yeah as if he's john cena and this that's a little too corny for a character like dean ambrose yeah and they've really fumbled the lunatic fringe is more like a comedy mid-carter now it's Dolph Ziggler all over again. Yeah, it's not a vicious character. It's Dolph Ziggler all over again. When Dolph Ziggler showed up after the Spirit Squad and he started hitting the ranks and he was rising, he was rising, he was a title contender. He held the world title at one point. Afterwards, Just like Dean Ambrose. Afterwards, then he just he started working his way back down. And now, yes, he's had a long career, but what can he say for himself? He was in the main event, what, for a month and a half maybe? And now he's stuck. And now he's stuck being a mid-carter and a joke. On the topic of Dean Ambrose, though, Renee and Dean, when they heard of the Superstar shakeup, they went ahead and ran off to Vegas and got married. So well, they live in Vegas, so it was just going down the street for them. Because, no, because they, the WWE loves fucking with couples well, and splitting and that, them up. And that is exactly their their reasoning is because, well, WWE likes to likes to split up couples, and so we wanted to go ahead and just tie the knot. At least Renee still does Raw talks sometimes and still does Raw pay-per-views, so yeah. it's not as big a split as if they were just two wrestlers. If it was Nikki and John Cena on Raw and SmackDown. AJ went to Raw, correct? No. AJ didn't get a Raw? No, AJ and Roman Reigns stayed put. Oh, we got screwed on that deal. Well, because you like watching Raw a lot. I like SmackDown better. So Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Raw brand guy. So Putting Dean Ambrose on there and keeping Rollins and Reigns on Raw tells me that they're going to be reuniting the Shield for most of this year. They basically, I mean, the rumored main event for WrestleMania next year is Brock and Reigns. So we've got to do something in between Shield reunion. Which I think is stupid because you're reuniting a group that hasn't even been broken up that long. Like, yeah, what is it? Three years? Not yeah, even that. Not even that. And then anytime they're in matches together, they do their their power bomb. Yeah. So it's like we've seen this shit 
Like it never really went away. For a long time, remember Reigns and Ambrose were tag team partners. I think I think what they're trying to do is they're gonna they're thinking now putting the shield back together is gonna some way make the fans like Roman a little bit or maybe turn him back baby again, even though Well no, I think he's he, not even baby now. No, he I just, th- well, I mean I think they're still booking him as a baby face. I think they that beatdown he took on Monday from Braun Strowman was supposed to make us feel sorry for the guy. Well, and, and, and it got the opposite reaction because people are like, you deserve it. Yeah. And cheering Braun Strowman. So now Braun Strowman is the biggest baby face on Raw. Is right. What? Well, there are some teenage girls who are very upset. They wanted to fire Braun Strowman. And they have started a petition for Braun Strowman to get fired. Oh, uh, yeah. That won't be happening. So, and uh, so that. If Whatever. you if you want to ruin wrestling, sign that petition. <laughs> I don't think a petition is going to sway this no. company uh, from anything because they don't listen to fans. When questioned about it, Braun just pretty much laughed and chuckled and walked off. So. The other picks Raw got Alexa Bliss, Mickey James. Those are fine. Uh, Kalisto will be good on the cruiserweight circuit. Heath Slater and Rhino. That uh, doesn't make a difference. Uh, Heath Slater's Kurt, on his way back out. Kurt Hawkins, he's a job or he's two. He's on his way back out. Apollo Crews, they've done nothing with him since they called him up on SmackDown, so it's really, it doesn't matter. With the Raw picks from SmackDown, Alexa Bliss and Mickey James are good, so that helps out. I see Apollo Crews actually being a main eventer if they will somewhat give him a push. Well, he has no character. No. Give him just a little bit of a push, because he... The dude can go. He can wrestle. Yeah, but I mean, that makes a great indie wrestler, but not a great WWE wrestler. Character is very important. Well, I, I get that. I get that. Ric Flair isn't the greatest because of his in-ring ability. It's because of his character. I get that. That. What do we know about Apollo Crews other than he's he's a great wrestler? He's very muscly. That's all we know. Although, the only thing that's holding him back is the fact that he's only like 5'5". Five, five. But he's too big to be a cruiserweight. He's in the worst possible position. Yeah, he's too short to be a to be a heavyweight, but he's too jacked up and ripped to be a cruiserweight, so he's, he's screwed either way. <laughs> He'll figure it out. And then the SmackDown picks, I thought SmackDown did a great job. Kevin Owens will do great on SmackDown. Charlotte will lead the women's division on SmackDown now. Uh, the only losers, I think, that they picked... The New Day will not do well on SmackDown because no. they are SmackDown does not have the time for their talking segments, for comedy promos. So I think the New Day, unless they have plans to split them up. Split them up. Well, Big E is a single star especially. I don't know how that's going to work out for them. Lana, it seems like got the Emmelina gimmick that you thought was going to be Kelly Kelly Kelly, but uh it was uh it was not. Or Kelly Kelly. Now it's Lana, who had, had a promo, and she's apparently a uh, like a stripper. She dances on a chair, and they're going to make her a wrestler now. Works so for me. We'll see how that goes. Sami Zayn will fare much better on SmackDown. The Shining Stars, they've already dropped the condominium salesman gimmick, and uh, so they have a better chance on SmackDown. The rest of the picks here, Sin Cara, Jinder Mahal, and Tamina, doesn't really matter where you send them or what they do. They're the Kurt Hawkins of... Yeah. The, it sucks for Sin Cara because now he can't even wrestle the cruiserweights. He's on SmackDown, so someone's got to be pinned. I figured he would still be on 205, is he not? No, since he's a SmackDown star, he can't be on 205. Even though they filmed 205 after, after Smack- SmackDown. That's, that's right. Ridiculous. Well, that's just the rules, man. 
Finn Balor makes his return last Monday. And takes a forearm from Jinder Mahal. Takes a concussion this Monday. So Finn Balor will be out for... A month, probably. month to six weeks with a severe concussion. He finished the match, though. Yeah. This company tries to market itself as taking concussions more seriously, so that's why he won't be in the ring very soon. But at the same time, they were watching the match, you know, on the TVs in the back. They couldn't get in the ref's earpiece and say, holy shit, this guy just got the gender mahal's forearm looked like an mma forearm and rocked this guy i haven't seen it oh it is it's nasty really i mean he just because finn is coming at him from the ropes yeah and gender just smashes him and his it looked like it looks like in an mma when a guy gets knocked out from a forearm yeah like finn crashes face first to the mat and then so then it's his face is like all red and like swollen from hitting the mat and stuff they let him keep wrestling and finish the match i mean it it only went for like three minutes total so there wasn't much and i mean he still hit the coup de gras like he still finished the match but you could tell when he had his arm raised the camera zoomed in on his face and yeah he didn't know where he was or what he was or yeah what had happened uh so there you go uh tough break for finn but uh, you know i don't think they had anything for him for this pay-per-view that we're a few weeks out from they i mean they would have had to build a program very quickly for him well they built well bray debuted right after that to him so i guess that was the direction that they were heading in but like i said now they can change their minds and have bray beat randy and be right back on smackdown so we'll see they said he was staying on raw so if he wins the title the title stays on raw but and they'll swap champ they'll swap titles they basically. will not swap they won't brock will not be working smackdown not a chance i don't see it either but if he wins he'll take it back to smackdown the belt uh, the belt dictates your brand i get that i understand that except the u.s and intercontinental belts so the U.S. title is now on SmackDown. That's right. Intercontinental is now on Raw. That's right. We decided no. just to swap titles in the <laughs> middle of the shakeup. Yeah, for no reason. And I mean, Dean Ambrose was still in a feud with Baron Corbin. Yeah. On SmackDown, Baron Corbin came out and was like, "I had this feud going with Dean Ambrose. I guess I'll challenge you, Kevin Owens, or whatever." And then they had a four-way to determine the number one contender for the U.S. belt because Kevin Owens is already booked in a match versus Jericho. So they had a match to determine the number one contender after payback or whatever we're doing next and aj won it so aj is now the number one contender for a month from now when they get get around to this u.s title match so aj versus kevin owens is how quickly kevin owens can go from world title contender to well and also because he's on smackdown we never got a payoff to his association with triple h and samoa joe like remember he he turned on Jericho because Triple H told him to. Right. Well, this plan really backfired because he turns on Jericho. Jericho was going to help him beat Goldberg. Well, he turned on Jericho, got beat by Goldberg, so he lost the title, faced Jericho, and won the U.S. title. So in And now he's traded to SmackDown. His plan didn't work out too well. No. And we never got a payoff with that fatal four-way where he won the Universal title when Triple H helped him and like whispered in his ear or whatever. No, nope, we'll just never know what, what that was all about. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I, they're, they're, the writers are really starting to have some serious... See, I think the writers didn't know the roster changes, or they would have written these things out differently. Somebody's dropping the ball somewhere. 
I think Vince just woke up on Sunday morning and said, I want to move this guy here, this guy here, this guy here, make it happen. Logic be damned, you know, like just yeah. just move them. Well, you got to shake things up around here, Patrick. And also the way the way this was done with no explanation, how a guy just walks out and he's on the brand. I hate to say it, I preferred the 2004 draft lottery. Oh, I would much rather have a draft. I would actually have a a draft draft or the surprise, like you said, the lottery draft over this shit. Yeah, this was just if you show up, you're on the show. Yeah, no explanation. Right. Yeah. No, it was. It's not done very well at all. Trying to apply logic to pro wrestling is often. Very difficult. All right, my last thing. So Stephanie took a fall through a table. And she's out indefinitely. She, because, you know, wrestlers, when they go through tables... They don't make returns. Yeah, that's it. You're sidelined. You you might not ever... That's a career-threatening injury. She has... She, it was a way of writing her off of TV. It was also a way of writing, or writing Triple H off of TV so that they could finally relax and take a very nice, long vacation to the Caribbean. Well, I hope the Shining Stars didn't sell them their condo. Their time, I, they, yeah, they might get screwed their on Their timeshare, if they but, bought uh, it from the Shining Stars, they might be in some trouble. They are going to be staying in the Caribbean for uh, a good three, maybe four weeks. For a, a welcome vacation for, for a wrestling fans. Away, yes, a long away vacation to also give Kurt Angle plenty of time to build whatever character that he is trying to perceive as the Raw general manager. What I've seen of him so far was not very good on Monday night's show when he, after the Seth Rollins segment especially, okay, so Seth Rollins gets on the mic and says, probably going to be on SmackDown tomorrow. It just makes sense. Like I said last week, logically, yeah. even though Stephanie is you know, in the hospital bed. I figure she still pick up the phone and say, you know, this guy basically, I mean, Triple H put her through the table, but it was Rollins' fault. I figured, okay, well, she'll pick up the phone and call Kurt Angle and say, get this guy off my show. So Seth Rollins is on the mic and he's saying, yeah, you know, this might be it, guys, but I couldn't have done it. Oh, just gave the, you know, babyface promo. Just, yeah. I couldn't have beat them without you, the fans. I couldn't have done it without each and every one of you. And so he does all that. And then Samoa Joe, well, then Kurt Angle comes out and says, as long as I'm GM, you can stay right here. And then Samoa Joe runs out and attacks Seth Rollins. And here's Kurt Angle, an Olympic gold medal winning wrestler between these two guys yes. won't break them up, won't break them apart, won't even intervene, won't grab Samoa Joe, won't even shove them apart. Like, oh, he backs can have, away. He can have no physical contact until he is 100% cleared by WWE in ring. Well, now that is, I do know that from behind the scenes. Well, I just think that they don't need to put him in that position because it made him look very weak and very weird to see this burly man. Yeah can't stop his two friends, you know, Samoa yeah. Joe and Seth Rollins from fighting. So I thought it was... A, Don't put him in the ring. Have him on the ramp play. Yeah, or just, yeah, he could have been back... Doesn't he, he doesn't even have to come outside. The, he could tape a month's worth of work and not even appear in front of the live crowd. Right. Sucks for them, but it would save on travel costs. You wouldn't have to pay him to travel. Just yeah. record everything in advance. I like what they're doing with Kurt Angle. I like the fact that they're they're easing him back into to the WWE head, you know, spotlight without being like, here you go, and just throwing him to the wolves. I guess it's heading to uh, Kurt Angle and Triple H because since he kept Seth Rollins, there's your point of contention. So I guess that's what they'll put on WrestleMania 
WrestleMania 34 next year for Triple H's one match a year. His Undertaker match is one match a year. So yeah, I think that's the direction they're heading. But we'll we'll just have to wait and see. I don't. Are you gonna go then if they do that? No, I will not be going. I don't want to see a Roman Reigns main event again. I can't do it. I've hit my limit. Roadblock end of the line. I hit the end of the line. Uh, you are backlashing from. I am backlashing. I am. It's my judgment day. Yeah. It's everything. It's uh, my night of champions. It's my clash of champions. It's my fast lane. It's everything. I'm the king of this ring, and I determine who comes and who goes. And so I don't want to see that Roman Reigns in another WrestleMania main event. Uh, Well, I mean, hey, they've turned around and screwed around with the fans to the point that now they've lost a WrestleMania ticket. Ticket. But there someone else will buy it. So I think it'll the event sells itself. I mean it's a it's a worldwide it attracts a worldwide audience. I mean there, it really does. We, there are people that will fly in from overseas to watch this thing. Yeah, two weeks ago when regardless we went, of who's there. When we went two weeks ago, I mean what? We saw people from Japan, Australia, England. Oh I mean, yeah. A guy drove up from Chile. Chile. Russia. I mean, it's 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 a worldwide event. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter who's in it. They're going to fill the arena. Yeah. But uh, I'm I, I can't do it. I don't know. Maybe I Ro- thought I thought we were going to have match two between you and the uh, the spotlight. The blue. I oh, mean the blue light. Yeah. yeah. Well, since it'll be indoors at the Superdome, luckily I don't think the light will be as strong because yeah. they can ha- actually have it on a ceiling in the Superdome instead of being. 100 yards away and having to be put on full blast. Yeah. Just to get this blue light effect on the fans. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the blue light. When it when they turned it off for entrances, I was like, oh, that is so nice. It is so nice. This then is they so- flipped that switch and it blared. Yep. <laughs> Match starts. Time for the blue light. Oh, man. Well, Patrick, it was your pick this week. It was. In honor of the Hall of Famer, Diamond Dallas Page. Yes. You decided to pick, in honor of the Hall of Fame in general, we had three Hall, this year's Hall of Fame class yeah. were featured. In this, in this pay-per-view. Yes, yeah. in this show. Teddy Long was a referee he was. in this show. DDP. Makes his in-ring debut. He, well. Somewhat. He bought a ticket. He was sitting in the front row. Apparently, buying a front row ticket gets you to be able to fight The Undertaker if you want to. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm, I mean... I knew you could keep your chair. I'm going to show up... Yeah? At, at, with a sign that at says, at make me famous. With a sign that says, make me famous, and I'm just going to jump the guardrail, grab a microphone, and get in the ring. Let's yeah. See I what mean, happens, you know? That's what it entitles you to. I yeah. didn't know that. I... For years, I thought all you got to do was keep your chair. Yeah. I didn't know you can challenge the wrestler of your choice. But you have to have the sign. I think the sign oh, okay. is what makes it. The sign is your is your jumbo ticket to be able to jump the guardrail and get in the ring. And of course, Kurt Angle was... There's only eight matches on this card and in King of the Ring 2001, and Kurt Angle is in three of them. So He, he worked his ass off that night. Yeah, he... I wonder if he got three paydays for it, or if they oh, just... I'm sure he got, he got paid really well, especially after that third match. That's right. We go back to June 24th, 2001. It's at the Continental Airlines Arena, we're in East Rutherford, New Jersey, in front of 17,777 people. The tagline for King of the Ring 2001 is, my muscles ache, my mind is spent, my body is broken, lead me to my throne. And that is your tagline. Okay, well, I did not know that. That really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's 
Lucky for us, there's no official song, though, for oh, this thank one. God. So you won't get to hear... A rarity. A wrestling pay-per-view without a song. No Limp Bizkit for you. Well, you would hear it with The Undertaker. Uh, no... What are some of the other ones? Uh, Kid Rock. Yeah, no Kid Rock for you. No Nickelback. Uh, no... Union Underground. <laughs> Who's the band that did... Uh, Batista's theme. No saliva. We were spared. We've already done a couple of pay-per-views from 2001. We did WrestleMania X7, which was held just a couple of months before this event. Yes. And then we, of course, did The Invasion, the invasion which would be the next pay-per-view after this one. Correct. So we've, we've almost covered... I, at, at a certain point in time, I may just say, screw it, and we'll do the 2001 Survivor Series as well. Well, that covers the entire start and run end of WCW. Well, I mean, we'd have to stop by SummerSlam. I mean, we'd have to, you know. Yeah. We'd have to fill out the rest of the year. This is, of course, in June, so that means, just to catch you up in the world of wrestling, ECW and WCW are out of business. Well. They had just closed their doors. Right. So Paul Heyman and Jerry the King Lawler uh, quit the company. When Cat got fired earlier in the year, well, it was actually towards the end of 2000. Yeah, I think it was November. It was after Survivor Series, I think. Okay, so it was December. Maybe, yeah. It was around then because he was back almost a year later to the day. So Jerry the King Lawler is gone, so that means tonight we get Paul Heyman, the former head of ECW, will be calling with JR. And yes, WCW is dead, but Shane McMahon has announced its return, Patrick. And so that's what a lot of this show will be focused on. We get the opening segment with the empty throne, which, by the way, the throne for the King of the Ring in 2001, an electric chair. I thought that was badass, too, didn't you? Well, why would you want to win that? Who would want to sit in that throne? It doesn't... It's badass. It's cool. It was different. It was unique. It stood out. It was awesome. The conspiracy against Stone Cold Steve Austin. They've had to retool this main event because, of course, the two-man power trip of pro wrestling suffered (laughs) suffered a big loss when Triple H tore his quad. So originally... This was the first time he tore. The first of many times he's torn many things in his body from just working out, I guess. Now, so the two-man power trip of wrestling was feuding with Jericho and Benoit. And then Triple H gets in. So I guess this would have been a fatal four-way or a tag match was probably the direction they were going to go in. And then they had to totally retool this and they had to speed up the WCW storyline to make it all fit together. The favorite word of tonight is allegedly. Yeah, these are all allegations. Yes. We, we will see if they are there's any truth to them. Yes. The conspiracy is, of course, that Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho are secretly working for Shane. And if they beat Stone Cold tonight, they will take his title back to WCW, which allegedly hasn't been on the air since March. So they're going to take your title to a place that doesn't exist yet. WCW folded in March, and this is June, so it's been almost three months. Okay, sorry. Three months. Almost. Almost. I think. They're just taking time to repackage it, and they're going to... Yeah, got to get it right. Yeah. They can't mess this up, Patrick. There's no way. And then, of course, that's the main storyline of this pay-per-view. But then, of course, we got Make Me Famous. Diamond Dallas Page revealed himself to be stalking Sarah Taker on an episode of SmackDown and says that he will be showing up at King of the Ring for Undertaker to make him famous. We'll see if he does that. So out to the set, Big Pyro goes off and they built a giant electric chair. This is when they actually invested money in these 
in the pay-per-view set. sets. Yes. yes. Where would you keep this giant electric chair once you I'm were done, done with it? it? It's, uh, if it's still in the warehouse, I'm it's got to it. be on its side. I want to climb up in it and sit in it. Yeah, I don't think it works though. So well, I don't that's care. probably a good that's, thing. But still, just the view from sitting up in it that'd be pretty cool. And we missed the Sunday Night Heat main event, which was Matt Hardy defending his European title against Just Incredible. And he won at 7.03 after Lita interfered and took down half of X-Factor. So, yeah, we missed out on The Hardys and the X-Factor, they got a little thing going on (laughs) on this pay-per-view, don't they? Oh, sadly, yes. That is Jeff Hardy's feud is with X-Pac. But that's coming up later. In the I know show. you love you some Sean Waltman. Oh boy! So DDP is out first to that awful WWF theme song. No, no self high five for you, buddy. He walks in from the crowd. How stupid did WWF have to be with this guy? Because they had a serious shortage of baby faces on this roster. I mean, the main event: Austin, Benoit, and Jericho are all technically heel heels. Yeah. Angle's a heel. Yeah. Shane McMahon is a heel. Everybody's a bad guy. There are no good people. So what did you bring in TDP as? A bad guy. The only babyface on on the roster that's a main eventer is Undertaker and Kane, I guess. That's it. You are very short with main event babyfaces. Jericho and Benoit were intended to be babies. But but, they might be working for WCW. But with, well, that was the excitement. Everybody wanted to love WCW invading in Raw. But they're not going to put in. over WCW no, as good but guys. It was, it was where the it was where this was a time in which the the lines once again were blurred, kind of like the Attitude Era, in which you def, you didn't really know. Do I have is this good guy? Is this a bad guy? What do I think? Any pro wrestling fan that watched any WCW knows that Diamond Dallas Page is a good guy. Oh yeah, there's just no way. The only time that Diamond turned turned heel was when they did the movie Ready to Rumble, which is still the greatest wrestling movie of all time. Oh, the Jersey Triad oh, era yeah. with yeah. Bam Bam and stuff and Chris Canyon. And and with uh with your boy David winning, Arquette. David Arquette winning the uh the well, world he was title. a he was a good guy with David Arquette. Was he? They took on uh Jarrett, who was the bad guy. J- that's right, Jarrett and Bischoff. And then David Arquette turned on. Well, I'm spoiling that man. That's for another day. We're we we watching. Cage. We are watching that one one of these days. Anyway, so when I when I see DDP wandering through the crowd, I'm just like, man, I just shake my head. I'm like, yeah, you wasted so much money and you wasted so much potential. And I mean, DDP took a buyout from his contract he with did. Time Warner. Yeah, to he was the first. Well, big him and Booker T. To, okay, yeah, big names that. They actually took a walked buy- away. Yeah, walked away from guaranteed money from Tom Warner to complete and finish their contracts to sit at home and do nothing. Instead, he'd rather come and do this. He'd rather come work and y'all shit on him. Yeah, and and by the way, this part of his career was not mentioned in his Hall of yeah, Fame. Yeah, he's very proud of this part of his career as it was yeah, totally skipped. Even in his speech, yeah. not a single speech word. And in, in the in the whole video montage, everything. Yeah, this never happened in WWE canon in their story in their history. Like this is never. Well, see, and I like I even like this version of DDP. The only version I hate is the whole like smiling. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Oh, and he right. smiles every five seconds. I hated that version. Heyman mentions that DDP is contracted to WCW. This is pre-invasion. It has not technically begun yet. The invasion is still on the way. The shots will be fired tonight. Yes, the first well, big shot, yes. A, a scissors kick will start the war. DDP gets on the mic and says, Hey, I got a ticket. 
I'm just here, and I also enjoy watching videotapes of Sarah. He says he's got a ticket and he'll be in the front row, so Taker won't have any trouble finding him. And he has a sign that says, make me famous. Make me famous, is how he would say it. (laughs) DDP winks at the camera and licks his lips as he takes his seat like, I'm waiting for you, Taker. That's right. He's, or maybe towards Sarah, I guess. That might be, yeah. Because, you know, he he has some of... Some video footage in his private collection. We see some of that footage later on. You know, for the guy that... This is my yard? Yeah. Taker wasn't watching his yard because DDP... (laughs) I was waiting for that. ...was in his yard... (laughs) Yes, he was. ...filming Sarah Taker in the pool. Yes. I mean, just terrible stuff. You don't want that stuff getting out. Your wife in a bathing suit? I mean, no. No. That is... Because WWE put her in a bathing suit for... Like three of them. Yeah, for like calendars or whatever. For WWE.com. We've already talked about how a ticket wouldn't get you in the ring with promo time at the start of a pay per view, but apparently it did. Mine mine does, apparently. Yeah. Next time. Next time we go. There's a house show coming in town uh, in May. So we can get front row tickets. We can just get in there. Yeah. Do our thing. Call out Taker. (laughs) You're coming out. That's a good gimmick. You go to house shows. And you call out The Undertaker at house shows, and then they hit his music and stuff, and so the crowd's like, holy shit, holy... And then no one comes out. Yeah. I love that. The, it's a great troll gimmick. Come out of retirement, because I'm going to kick your dead ass. The ref will start the 10 count, and you will forfeit this match. Exactly. JR and Heyman mention, of course, that Jericho and Benoit have been negotiating with WCW. Alleg- Allegedly. And if they win the title, they will show up to Madison Square Garden tomorrow night for Raw as the WCW world champion, I guess. The WCW WWF champion. Correct. Yeah, because Booker T is still the WCW champion, so they'll just... Kurt Angle is out next. This is a King of the Ring semifinal match. Fink is still the ring announcer in 2001. Glad to have him back. Sorry you missed WrestleMania 33, buddy. You didn't miss much, but... Yeah. It's a shame you spent it was 32 such, years. It was such a shitty pay-per-view that Fink didn't even want to be a part of yeah, it. Yeah, he said, no, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> He said, who's in the main event? Roman Reigns? Fink was like, you know, I know I've been here for 32 years. I think I'll take this one off. (laughs) Angle is going to take on Christian, who comes out wearing his stupid sunglasses and his stupid long hair, and he has to use that Edge theme song that they just gave to Edge and Christian. Heyman stresses that Angle will need to put Christian away quickly because he's got a street fight later tonight with Shane O'Mac. That's right. Christian lands a swinging neckbreaker for a two-count. Angle sucks chance during the match, not during the theme song. I like that better. Angle lands a belly-to-belly. Angle knocks Christian to the ring mats, and a man in a tiger print shirt wants a high-five from Kurt Angle, and he doesn't get one. (laughs) Christian throws Angle's head into the steps and rolls him back into the ring. Christian tries a move off the top turnbuckle, but Angle throws him off, and he bounces off the guardrail. Gut-wrench suplex to Christian, followed by a side suplex for a near fall. Angle's already been king of the ring. He's the defending king. That's right. This is not a title you want twice, though, I don't think. Why not? Because there's never been a two-time King of the Ring holder. That's ever. A, that's a lie, Patrick. Ever. No. Who? There has been. Who? A little man named Brett the Hitman Hart. Not back-to-back? Yes. Back-to-back. No. Well, not. there was a year in between. Was there a year in between? Well, but they didn't have one. Okay, it went from 91 to 93. They didn't have it on pay-per-view before 93. I'm curious now. Hang on. We're, we're pausing okay. the podcast because I want to see this. Yeah, even even Paul Heyman gets it wrong, Patrick, because Paul Heyman says there's never been 
two-time king a two-time king of the ring king of the ring 1991 bret hart defeated erwin r shyster at the providence civic center which is where it was held from 87 to 91 those were not televised 93 was the first televised one, and bret hart won that as well so he won 91 and 93 yes but since 91 took place you know not on television do you miss the king of the ring as a pay-per-view no and that, really? this is but well the way that they were using it the last few years, when they give you the king gimmick, don't like that at all. Don't do don't okay, so I'm Because talking. it killed Bad News Barrett. I hated King Booker. King Seamus, remember that? I mean, that's just no, it just stops the momentum that they have and then they have to start doing king puns. I like the idea. I like the tournament. I hate the gimmick. Right. Well imagine if Stone Cold put a crown on and became King Austin after instead of cutting the Infamous promo. The Austin 316 promo. Yeah. He just puts on a crown and starts saying, Be got, Jake thy snake. Yeah. Angle then hits a snap suplex for a near fall. Then Christian shoots Angle to the ropes and hits a beautiful heel kick. Then Shane O'Mac walks out in his WCW t-shirt with the new logo, the WWF WCW logo, which was god-awful he stands in the aisleway and he distracts angle but it doesn't distract him too much because angle tries a moonsault on christian but he misses christian covers him for a two count christian hits a reverse ddt into a backbreaker for a two count tries the unprettier but angle gets him in the ankle lock but christian makes it to the ropes olympic slam is countered into the unprettier but shane screws over christian for some reason and pulls christian out of the ring to prevent the three count angle olympic slams christian from the ring apron back into the ring and pins him in seven minutes and three seconds he advances to the finals and will take on either rhino or edge shane mcmahon his opponent for later this evening yes helped him win Wants to make him work another match. Do you think that's what it is? Well, see, that I know. It could have been a lot of things. It could have been, is Angle working for WCW? See? And maybe the street fight won't happen. Bait yeah. and switch. Right. Hard subject to change. That's true. Now, I did, I did question the logic here. Angle states later on, oh, he made me work another match. Which, in my opinion, that's immediately what I thought as well. You still don't like the guy, though. You don't want him to be the king of the ring. Right? You don't want him to go on. Angle? Yeah. No, the whole point is to put him in the main event and screw him over. Just make him have another match, yeah. Just to make him work another match. Just to tire him out more so when it gets time for You got a better chance. Yeah, Yeah. when it gets time for our street fight, I I can... Kick his ass. I just think it could he could have went about this a different way instead of. But he's WCW guy, so and I don't know. I just I, instead of pulling Christian off for the cover, I just thought that was. But he hates WWF guys. Heyman mentions that Angle would be the first repeat King of the Ring. We've already talked about it. It's not true. Bret Hart won in '91 and '93. Uh, they didn't have one in '92. No one else has ever won back to back. Even till today, 2017, no one has won. Uh, back-to-back, other than Bret Hart, which they don't acknowledge because it didn't take place on television. If it didn't happen on TV, Patrick, it didn't happen. If there's not a videotape covering it, it doesn't exist. JR and Heyman take a minute to speculate about the world title match. We go backstage to Coach, who's with Stone Cold. Stone Cold just asks Coach, where's where Vince at? That was very good. I'd like to hear your version. Like to, where's Vince? <laughs> Good. He's a little more. I think we've made him a little more southern than he actually is, but I don't know. He's pretty southern. Coach says he told you on SmackDown he wasn't going to be here. So Austin is stupid. <laughs> that cannery. Will you just pulling my leg? Yeah, Austin's just stupid. <laughs> 
I mean, if someone tells you I'm not going to be there, he's not going to be there. Coach then asks Austin about the rumor that Benoit and Jericho are taking the title to WCW, and I loved Austin's reaction. He just... What? Excuse me, Steve. Hi, Deborah. I was just wondering if maybe I could get your, your thoughts on your triple threat match later on tonight. You had to see Mr. Man, have you? I'm expecting him, and he should be here in a minute. You're out there prowling the halls. Maybe you saw him. Well, I, I didn't see him, but, but Steve, remember on Thursday on SmackDown, he, he told you he wasn't coming. Hey, <laughs> you can be such a kidder. He's got a great sense of humor. Temper's flared. I'm sure he still loves me as much as I love him, and I expect him to be here. Well, Steve, I, I haven't seen him. But, but anyway, I was wondering maybe if you could comment on the rumor that's been going around. What rumor? I mean, well, the rumor that, it, that if Chris Benoit or Jericho beat you tonight and take your WWF title, they're going to take that championship and go to WCW. They're going, where? Yeah, if Benoit or Jericho defeat you tonight, they're taking the WWF title and going to the WCW. Now, he, yeah, he just gives Coach the look. Yeah. A look like, what, what? what the fuck are you talking what, about? What are you talking about? And then they cut away. That's the end of the promo. Continental Airlines Arena shot. Fly the friendly skies of Continental. No, you can't because they're out of business. <laughs> promo about Taker and Sarah Taker being stocked. Don't, don't mess with my family. <laughs> I'll include it in here. Somebody's got a death wish, and their wish is about to come true. This is the Undertaker's wife, Sarah, coming up beautiful blonde hair. Whoever the hell is stalking my wife, don't mess with my family. I bet you feel safe, but you're not. Don't mess with my family. Undertaker, I don't like you keeping Sarah. famous and during this promo oddly they use Rey Mysterio's old theme song underneath the promo that do do da da do do oh yeah da, da. they do yeah 
Out of all the songs they could have yeah, chosen. The old WCW Ray Mysterio music. I guess they just got the rights to that song and were like, we might as well use this because we won't have Ray for another year, so yeah. we'll just go ahead and use this. Heyman is with DDP in the front row. He tells DDP, he thinks, your actions are quite brazen. And DDP says, I got balls. It takes balls to come after Taker. Here in New Jersey, make me famous. Then, to DDP's surprise, he is being stalked tonight. Yes. As he's coming to the arena, it shows him drinking. Patrick, he's drinking coffee. Someone has footage. He's eating breakfast. <laughs> he just ordered his breakfast, reading the newspaper, and drinking coffee. Well, you can't do that. That's not cool. Startling footage. Exactly. And that, then he that's yells, out of, That's out of Sarah's private collection. He says, Undertaker, I'm right here. Make me famous again. Then Edge is out next in his pleathery jacket. Rhino walks in in the same singlet he still wears to this very day. Rhino gets some light ECW chants. Rhino spits his gum into the face of Edge. Edge and Rhino then spend the first minute or two of this match just exchanging some strikes. Edge drop kicks Rhino off the ring apron down to the mats. Edge crotches Rhino on the guardrail and throws Rhino into the guardrail. Rhino returns the favor. By dropping Edge ribs first and then slinging him into the guardrail. So that is the story now of this match. Edge has hurt hurt ribs. That's the story the rest of the night for this guy. Rhino goes and removes the middle turnbuckle in in one corner of the ring and shoots Edge into it ribs first. It's odd that he was running and he dropped down for no reason into ribs first into that exposed buckle. But he did. Rhino locks on a body scissors, and this match has sucked the life out of this crowd as Rhino now slows it down with rest holds. Rhino hits a Mishinoku-looking driver and a top turnbuckle splash, but Edge kicks out at two. An inverted atomic drop and clothesline slows down Rhino, then Edge follows it up with a neckbreaker. Edge climbs to the top turnbuckle, but Rhino cuts him off and hits a top rope sunset flip powerbomb for a two count. Rhino then hits an Arn Anderson spinebuster and calls for the gore, but is met with a spear. The gore and the spear collide, and it looked like shit because they just ran their shoulders into each other. It looked like two guys hitting a shoulder tackle. Eventually, Rhino crawls over and covers Edge, but Jimmy Corderas only gets a two count. Edge hits an impaler DDT, and JR says Edge has upset Rhino as Edge gets the three count in 8.52. In hindsight, no, JR, this was no upset. Edge beats Rhino. What did you think of this match here? This was a slow match. Yeah, Rhino stunk. Stunk it up. This was a slow, slow match. So it's Edge and Angle in the finals. And here's a match that was set up earlier tonight. An unannounced match. Spike challenges the other Dudley brothers on Sunday Night Heat for the tag titles. That's right. And I guess they were in a giving mood, and they agreed to this. But Spike won't tell who his partner is. His valet is Molly Holly, though. That's his girlfriend. Well, good for him. The Dudley boys come by and insult Spike and tell him he's disgusted the family since day one. Taz is now backstage with Jericho. He asked Jericho about defecting to WCW. Jericho cuts a very good promo, and... I know this is moments from your big match, but I gotta ask you. The buzz in the locker room, the buzz in the arena, the buzz everywhere is that if you or Benoit win the WWF title tonight, are you going to take it over to WCW? What's the deal with that? Well, first, I really appreciate you coming in here and interrupting me when I'm preparing for the biggest match of my career just moments away. But I will say this about WCW. Now that they actually have a true boss, someone in charge like Shane McMahon, maybe the WCW won't be so bad after all. And you want to know whether I'm going to go to WCW after tonight? Well... To answer your question, I would have to say, yes, I was aware that there was rumors about me going to WCW. 
But in all seriousness, I'd have to say the answer is absolutely not. I was not aware that you knew about these rumors. But if you really seriously want to know the answer to the WCW mystery, well, let me just say this. I am going to shut the hell up as far as this one is concerned. Yes! I did know that there was rumors of me going to WCW. <laughs> no! I was not aware that you knew of those rumors. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it really, it's it's a great, it's a great, great interview. But Jericho does say that now that WCW is run by someone competent, someone like Shane McMahon, maybe he will go back. He won't say for sure. The Dudley boys are out first. They only won the titles on Thursday. From Jericho and Benoit. So this is a very thrown together match. Kane is Spike's partner. Surprise. He comes out. He's also the Intercontinental Champion. So they waste their Intercontinental Champion in this match. Spike runs in and gets a jump on the heels. He Hurricane Rana's Bubba out of the corner. Bubba press slams Spike and throws him into Kane's arms. Kane catches him and then throws Spike onto Bubba as a weapon. And Spike covers him for a two count. Not very good when you can get thrown around as a weapon. When you are basically just a table you know but that's exactly what happens now with uh enzo oh yeah that's what Cass does with enzo yeah. he just picks him up throws him outside or tosses him around and devon and kane tag in kane no sells devon strikes before spike gets the blind tag the heels double team spike and devon hits a second rope leg drop for a two before tagging bubba in bubba back body drops spike and locks in a grounded headlock bubba drills spike with a power bomb for a two count and tags devon back in devon misses a diving headbutt but now both guys need the tag. Both Kane and Bubba get hot tags. Kane annihilates the Dudleys and hits Bubba with a swinging neckbreaker and a side suplex. The ref is Teddy Long, by the way. Holla holla. Holla 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 famer. Kane hits a brilliant looking power slam and Bubba has to raise his shoulder as Devon messes up his timing to break up the three count. Yeah, he doesn't get there in time. It was really bad. And the crowd boo it yeah. when they see it. It was bad. Both Dudleys regroup on the ring mats, and Kane picks up Spike and chucks him from the ring onto them. Spike hits the acid drop on Bubba, but Devon breaks the count at two. Bubba and Devon hit the was up. No, they don't. They refuse to do it because, yeah, they're heels. They don't do that. They hit the was up on Kane. Spike attempts the acid drop, but the Dudleys counter it into a 3D, and those damn Dudleys retain in 8 minutes, 52 seconds. Then they set up a table because, I mean, that's what they do. Yeah. But Kane instead choke slams Bubba through it. Kane gets all the, the heat from this thrown together match that was made on heat. It was literally thrown together just hours ago. Yeah. And I really think that they should have put this match in between the two main events yeah. to split them up. I agree. Because the match that Shane and Angle would go on to have would kind of drain the room just a little bit, I think. Well, I mean, but they needed a match in between. Edge and Angle. They really just had no they put, good options here. They could here. put Jeff and X-Pac. Kane, being a good tag team partner, he just found they just teamed up tonight, but this man is a good guy. He's running for mayor of Knox County. He picks up Spike, and he carries him to the back. His broken tag team partner. If we were a tag team, Patrick, would you carry me to the back? I would carry you to the back. Thank you. I appreciate would that. Would you carry me? No. Thank uh, you. I don't think you could carry. No, me, I would. But. I don't think you could carry me either. So I think we're gonna have to work on our strength for a while uh, to be able to carry our tag team partners. Christian is in the back. He wishes Edge, hey, good luck in the finals. DDP is still sitting in the front row, and we see more controversial footage of DDP this time. He's leaving a building. Yeah, where and, could he and be getting going? Getting into his Lincoln Continental. 
he might be going to sell drugs or commit a murder. Who knows what he's doing? JR says Taker is playing mind games. Dun, dun, dun. The one, Billy Gunn, is at WWF New York. No payday for you, pal. He complains about being at WWF New York. Not a good endorsement for your restaurant. <laughs> and he complains that he wasn't even in the tournament this year. He says that's pathetic, and then he walks off. Okay, so now I've got a second here. One of my favorite go-tos is Royal Rumble. 2001, where Jerry Lynn is at WWF New York, and he's the light heavyweight title. And he, what year is that? 2001. This Royal, is 2000. Royal Rumble 2001. Oh, Royal Rumble. Yeah. So Jerry Lynn got Jerry WWF Lynn, New York right duty the light night. heavyweight title, and he he blames Jr. for keeping him off the pay per view, and that he sucks. Now you have Billy Gunn in 2001. Blame Jr. for keeping him off the pay per view and putting putting him at WWF. New, New York. York, and he sucks. What is with people and actually having to work a crowd at WWF New York? I think they should have had to be waiters. He should have been. It should have. You should have seen Billy Gunn like pouring wine for somebody, and, and then like turn to the camera and been like, "This sucks" or whatever. Like, well, yeah. I mean, it's not like you're actually having to be a waiter. You're no, just you're just there. standing up. There. You're just doing an autograph signing, like what we've done. So I don't. It is pretty insulting though that this guy was king of the ring for ninety nine, and now he's. Not even on the card. A year and a half later, almost two years, he's not even on the card. That's true. He was probably actually hurt during this time, so they just had to But give a him. lot of people would get pissed or in their... Oh, yeah. No one well, was that's happy one to of the be reason there. Why, that's one of the reasons why Jerry Lynn got fired. It's because of that blow up on... That's why Lynn was there and then gone in months. Not even that. So I didn't understand why people weren't happy to be doing autograph signings at WWF New York. Food must have been terrible. It's time for the King of the Ring finals. Angle is out first. You know one thing about Kurt Angle that I didn't always really like is that he wore a gold medal, but it wasn't the actual gold medal that he won in the Olympics because the actual medal he won in the Olympics had a green the 96 Olympics all the the, the medals had green ribbons. Yes. So this was a fake medal. Well, it was real at one point in time. He did wear the real one sometimes. Like, I think against Lesnar, he wore the real one. It broke. The strap? The strap of it broke. I don't think so. So he had to give it. He had. I'm, I'm, I, he had to get it sewn back together. And but this is a gimmicked metal. Well, yeah, this one is. Yeah, but it, he did at one point in time start off wearing the real one, and yeah. it just got to where it got the strap broke on it, and he ended up having to. He probably just got paranoid about people taking it. But if you're well, I would be paranoid about that too. Yeah, but if you're, then don't wear a fake one. It just looks stu- It looks like you stopped by KB Toys and bought a gold medal and strapped it around your neck. KB hat. Toys, there you go. That's a 2001 drawback. <laughs> okay, it's like if you won the WWE title and you brought one of those kids' replica belts out instead of the real one. You're just like, oh, I'm just worried about it getting taken. I don't. Yeah. I'll just walk out with this kitty one for a yeah. while. That's what it reminds me of. So I always hated that. Edge waddles out to the ring. His ribs are. Man, they're still hurting him real bad. It's only been like 15 minutes. That so. is true. Both of these guys have had no time to Angle, recover. Angle had at least 30. but Kurt grabs the mic and he apologizes for getting mad at Edge last week. And he says, let's just shake hands. Then he says that, look, I've got a street fight later. And there's no way that you can beat me. So why don't you just go ahead and forfeit the match and spare yourself the embarrassment of being beaten by Kurt Angle? I think I know you. He must not have listened to Edge's theme song because you only think you know. That's right. Edge declines 
and with he, a forearm across the face. Yeah, yeah he punches <laughs> Kurt Angle, and I guess that was his answer. Was, yeah. uh, no, he'll be fighting for the King of the Ring crown. Kurt and Edge exchange strikes. The match starts out a lot like the Edge and Rhino match. Kurt belly-to-belly's Edge right out of the ring. And then he poses. Kurt slings Edge into the steps, ribs first, rolls Edge into the ring, hits a side suplex, a snap suplex, and then locks in a reverse chin lock on Edge and slows this match down. Angle belly to belly's Edge for two, and then Edge gets thrown to the outside. They get back into the ring, and Edge Hurricane Rana's angle off of the top turnbuckle. Edge slingshots Angle into the turnbuckle for a near fall. Edge reverses an Olympic slam. Angle counters the DDT that Edge attempts. The Impaler. Then Edge counters the ankle lock into a roll-up for a two-count. Edge hits the Edge-O-Matic, but Christian, Christian distracts the ref. He runs out and distracts the ref for some reason. Might be a little jealous. Just a little bit. Edge shoulder blocks the ref. Angle puts Edge in the ankle lock, and he taps out immediately. But the ref's down. Patrick, he can't. No ref. No one to call. Ref didn't see it, so can't call for the bell. Shane runs in from the crowd. Spears Kurt Angle, and then leaves through the crowd. That was a hell of a spear, by the way. That was awesome. Which leads to Edge hitting the Impaler DDT and an upset special. Edge beats Kurt Angle and wins the King of the Ring tournament in 10 minutes and 21 seconds, which would, of course, lead to Edge having Christian carry around his Stanley Cup yeah. of a King of the Ring tournament yeah. trophy for until they had their blow-off. So that's uh, the start of it. And now we, all we needed was Tony Schimmel to come out and say... Well, we were still a few years away from the rated... New, your new king of the ring is the rated R superstar. Yes. We were still a few years away from the rated R. He was still PG-13 here. No, that was a tag team. He, he was still PG here. He's still PG. Yeah, he was in the PG era here. What did you think of this match? That was a great match. Uh, it was okay. I, For King of the Ring finals, it was I enjoyed it. We go backstage to Taz, who's with Chris Benoit. He asks him about leaving for WCW. Benoit says, what kind of question is that? Then he says, that's actually a pretty good question. But then he just walks off. DDP, still in the front row. Coach is now with Edge. Edge says, being the king of the ring reeks of royalty. Christian says he's going to go get some balloons to celebrate. Well, he wanted to also make sure that, you know, hey, just so you know, when I was coming out there, I, I was only trying to help you. Right, yeah. You know. Even though he wasn't. Yeah, even though he was jealous and he was trying to make him lose. Kurt complains to the security guards about Shane making Angle wrestle another match before screwing him. He tells the security guys to keep WCW's wrestlers out of his match. Security guards... <laughs> are probably like, what's he even fucking talking about? I just work security, bro. Jeff Hardy is the light heavyweight champion. I only get paid minimum wage for this shit, dude. <laughs> Jeff Hardy is the light heavyweight champion, and he's taking on fucking X-Pac. Here we go. <laughs> hey, here's your favorite match you know, I say night. I'm only taking a few notes for this one. <laughs> Jeff Hardy runs the guardrail and does a clothesline to X-Pac. X-Pac gets X-Pac. Sucks chance. X-Pac's offense is all kicks. He misses a Bronco Buster. X-Pac botches a leapfrog, and Jeff and him collide awkwardly in the corner. Jeff hits a top rope crossbody, but X-Pac rolls through it. Jeff does the corner punches to X-Pac, but gets X-Factored for his trouble. The ref counts to three, but Jeff had his feet on the ropes. Jeff hits a jawbreaker, 
and then a swanton and wins in 7 minutes 11 seconds in a match that happened. Tajiri and William Regal are backstage and they talk about how great the King of the Ring tournament was. Austin interrupts and uses William Regal's desk phone to call Vince. Tells Vince that these WCW guys might be taking his belt. Regal picks up the phone and says, yeah, yeah, he's he's telling the truth. And then Austin says bye and leaves. DDP is still ringside. He has not given up his ticket yet. That's right. And more spy cam footage of him this time, Patrick. He's walking into the Continental Airlines arena. That's right. DDP gets in the ring and says, Get out here, you fat bastard! <laughs> and you cut back to the footage, and Sarah Taker swings the camera around. She was the one. She was the one that she was, was the stalker the this That's time. Right. And guess what? And says it's time for him to... Become famous. That's right. Dead man walking. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> Limp Biscuit plays Taker out to the ring, but no motorcycle. Oh, no. He means business. He's pissed. <laughs> so he walks slower than he does as the dead man. Slower than he moves today. Stands. Gets to the end of the ramp. Right. He's in blue jeans and a sleeveless black shirt that says, I'll make you famous. And decides that, you know what? I'm going to make him think about it. Takes out his gloves. And just puts them on. Puts them on real slowly. Slow. And all he keeps mouthing is, is I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> and I'm, Actually, I enjoyed this part. It was a good It was a good build this up. This part sucks. No, it was a good... This is, up until this point, it was fine. It, it gives, and then it gets really shitty. It gives... When, a, no, it gives a good build up of him, you know, the anticipation of when he finally gets his hands on him. He's going to fuck him up. But he doesn't, <laughs> though, because he gets... Okay, so he goes into the ring. And just starts lighting DDP up with strikes and kicks. DDP low blows Taker to slow him down. Taker punches him, and uh, DDP goes to the outside. Then Sarah Taker walks down to the ring for this beating. I guess she's proud of her man. She wants to see this beating. And she has a camera in her hands, Patrick. One problem with this camera, it's not even turned on. How do you know this? The red light's not on. You can't see through the, the video scope. A camera of that time probably would have had that flip-out screen. She doesn't have that going. I can tell the camera is not rolling. Oh. It's not rolling, 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 rolling. It's not rolling, rolling, rolling. No. DDP grabs a chair and assaults Taker with it. Taker tackles DDP over JR and Heyman's table. Taker says, you want to be famous, bitch? I hope you like it. <laughs> Page... Begs for a timeout. Taker boots him in the face, and then DDP just leaves, and he exits through the crowd. No diamond cutter. No. No tombstone. No. No choke slam. No. Nothing. He took a big boot that sent him all the way flying out to the ring, or out of the ring, onto the floor, and he's like, you know what, screw this, and jumps the guardrail and runs off. And then Taker celebrates this not finishing the job. So your winner... Your winner of this not match is The Undertaker... By, by escape? Being last man standing, I guess. I don't really... Yeah, sure. Why not? And the, well, the thing is... Okay, the, here's the thing. DDP is stalking your wife. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. You just let him escape. Yeah. <laughs> and so he can yeah. continue to stalk, stalk your, your wife, wife. If, yeah. if he so chooses. Yeah. I mean, Taker doesn't even chase after him. No. Instead, he celebrates. Celebrates letting your wife's attacker get away. You know what? I kicked his ass. I made him famous. I don't think he made him that famous. I think he was famous before. I think he was. That's, that's another problem with the whole program. <laughs> he was in a movie. Ready to rumble. That's true. Which, I mean, an amazing movie that oh, thousands absolutely. of people saw. Won tons of Academy Awards. Yeah. Austin is in the back, and he asks an event staffer how long it takes to get here from Connecticut. 
and tells the staffer to tell Vince that Stone Cold's looking for him. And the staffer's like, okay, sure, I'll do it. Now we get the promo for the Kurt Angle-Shane McMahon match. This is all because after Judgment Day, the stipulation at Judgment Day was that Angle's Olympic medals were on the line against Chris Benoit at Judgment Day. Angle overcame and won the match. So on the Raw the next night, he was going to have his Olympic medal ceremony. He yes. was going to re present himself with his own medal. Yes. Shane then interrupted, tells the crowd the WCW's coming back, and, uh... I'm an American hero! I'm an Olympic champion! The fact that I stand for truth, justice, in the American way pretty much classifies me as a damn superhero. Tonight, I will recreate my Olympic winning victory ceremony. So let me get right down to it. Now, Kurt, you have your three eyes. But, Kurt, I also have three letters. And those letters are WCW. So what? The WCW starting soon? Nobody cares. What people care about is my award ceremony. So do you mind? Kurt, before I was so rudely interrupted, I just want to make sure that you understand, again, what WCW means. But W also stands for, I don't know, wussy. Oh my God, the angle slam from atop the metal stand. Kurt Angle, irate that Shane McMahon has interrupted this bogus Olympic ceremony. When Lex Luthor ran that Superman's parade, he got hurt. And Shane, you're going to get hurt too. I want Shane McMahon to come into this building, into this arena. I want him to come into my ring. I dare Shane McMahon to come into my ring. Shane, for once in your life, don't be a coward! Wait! There's Shane McMahon! Shane McMahon! Oh! He just delivered the angle slam to Kurt Angle! Kurt Angle will never forget the name of Shane McMahon! What a message for Kurt Angle from Shane McMahon! Shane McMahon, since you happen to be from the main streets of Greenwich, I, Kurt Angle, challenge you, Shane McMahon, a king of the ring, to a street fight. Now the fight between WWF and WCW is on. Yeah, calls Kurt a wuss. Yeah. And uh, that's enough for this feud, pretty much. He would uh, attack him with a kendo stick on SmackDown. Shane Olympic slammed him on an episode of Raw or SmackDown. That's enough for this feud. Yeah. And that is a, that is the buildup for this unbelievable historical match. I don't... The, the match is a little too brutal for the feud, you know? This <laughs> oh, the, feud. Match is ter- the match is brutal as hell. <laughs> Here comes the money. Despite being the owner of WCW guy, has a King of the Ring jersey on. What has the WCW logo below it? Just saying. Kurt Angle is out for the third time this evening. This time, though, he has pyro. And he's marching very, very angrily towards the ring. He is not too happy about his... uh... He had pyro all three matches. Oh, he did? He did. Wow. Which I'm sure they spent a 
small fortune on. Well, if they built that set, then I guess this was back when the money was flowing in. This is the height of the Attitude Era. He runs in immediately and takes Shane down, like sweeps him to the ground immediately. Locks him in his grasp and slams him down to the mat several times before dumping him in a side suplex. He shoots Shane to the ropes and knees him several times, just destroying Shane McMahon off the top of the match. (laughs) Shane stops him temporarily with some strikings and an arm drag, and then slips out of the ring. Kurt gets on his hands and knees in the middle of the ring and dares Shane to come in the ring and mat wrestle him. He gets in the amateur wrestling stance. stance and, he, and he dares him. Yeah, he dares him. Listen, come on. You want to do this? Let's do this. Let's amateur, do it my way. Amateur style. Kurt is already bleeding from Shane's fingernails from some of his strikes. Shane is stupid enough to take Kurt up up on this offer. Yeah, I'll go wrestle. I'll go Matt wrestle an Olympic gold medalist. I'll go see how this goes for me. (laughs) And Kurt immediately flips him over, gut wrenches him over, then belly to bellies him, and his face is now covered with blood from the small cut that he had suffered. Belly to belly number two, JR says he's going to suplex school, which I guess is... In Suplex City somewhere, yeah. Suplex School. This is this this is the lead up to sit to the cities. So, yeah, you know. Kurt lands some nasty forearms to Shane, who's down on his knees, and he is just hammering oh, man. those. He is hammering, blistering those forearms. those forearms. He's paying him back for busting him open with those fists. Kurt is able to change mat positions so quickly on Shane on the mat. He puts Shane in the corner then and dares him to try and mat wrestle him again. Kurt yells. Come on! Shane hesitates this time. It didn't work out so well for him last time. So instead of trying to mat wrestle him, he just kicks him in the ribs <laughs> and then clotheslines him. But then Angle is back up immediately. Waistlock takedowns. Shane then runs around the ring and goads him into a body block that Shane lands from the guardrail. They run around the ring two times and then Shane gets on the guardrail and... Somehow, Kurt didn't see this coming, but he didn't. The ref distracts Kurt for a second, and Shane leaps from the guardrail over JR and Heyman's table and hits him with a clothesline, which was quite impressive. It was very impressive. Shane finds a kendo stick under the ring. Why did the ring crew put that there? You never know when you might need one. And hammers Angle in the chest and back with it. Angle then rams Shane into the ring post to stop it. Shane clotheslines Angle into the crowd. Shane then snapmares Angle back over the guardrail onto the ring mats. Shane slams Kurt into the steps and then spears him into them. Shane rolls Kurt over for a cover, but Kurt bridges out of it several times. Shane throws a board into the ring and then throws in the garbage cans and street signs, which are also under the ring. Why is a street sign under the ring, Patrick? Well, you know, sometimes we use that to go ahead and try to flatten out the map. Oh, okay. Good. Uh, yeah. And the garbage cans is because we want to make sure that everything is clean ringside. So, you know, you never know. Cleanliness is next to godliness. That's right. Shane hits Kurt with the street sign and covers for a two count. Shane puts Kurt. Shane puts Kurt Angle into the ankle lock, but Angle immediately kicks Shane in the face for his trouble. Shane hits a float over DDT like The Rock. Then he locks on what I called a shit shooter as he stumbles to put on a sharpshooter on <laughs> Kurt. Shooter. Because he he had some trouble. A really bad sharpshooter, yeah. Kurt gets to the ropes, but it doesn't matter. This is a no-DQ match. He grabs a kendo stick and whacks Shane in the head to escape the shit shooter. Then Shane hits his Shane O'Mac shuffle punches 
and gets a two count from them. Shane now grabs the garbage can and assaults Kurt with it. Then he places the can on top of Kurt and goes upstairs for a shooting star press, but misses Kurt and hits part of the trash can and smacks into the mat. He hits the hard part, too. He didn't hit, like, the top that'll crush. He hits the hard part with his ribs. Holy shit chant breaks out very briefly here. Angle chucks Shane out of the ring. Then they walk and brawl up the ramp, and this is where the match becomes... Well, it becomes legendary here in just a few moments. historical. Kurt rams Shane's head into the foot of this giant electric chair. Kurt gets down on the ground and gets into Shane's ear and asks him, Are you ready? (laughs) And I guess Shane said, Sure. There's no time better than the present, right? And so Kurt picks up Shane and tries to -to belly-to-belly suplex him through glass. Yes. Which does not break. (laughs) And all of a sudden you hear... Yes. And that is his skull. That is Shane McMahon's skull hitting concrete. It hit fucking concrete. I really hope you actually play the footage. Just even that. The thud of his head hitting concrete so hard that the the camera microphone picked it up. Yeah, the sickening sound of Shane's head and neck hitting the stage is pretty grotesque. It is, without a doubt, the most disgusting thing I have ever heard in wrestling. the hell it is there that, that thing that thing holding up the king of the ring up staging area well that thing just got dented by shane mcmahon's head which was driven into that thing by the olympic hero kurt angle these men in a very dangerous precarious situation in position here being on the unex the exposed concrete floor right in front of the king of the ring set oh, oh good God almighty shane mcmahon with a suplex upside down, and then I think Shane's head just bounced right off the, the concrete floor. Shane McMahon is down, and again, this match cannot be won, but in the ring, you got to believe it's Falls Town anywhere. Angle might be able to take it right here. Oh, I think Kurt Angle now just needs to bring Shane back to the ring and beat him. Not again. His head smacked fucking... It smacked fucking concrete hard. So Kurt, naturally, if it doesn't work one time... Do it again. (laughs) And this time, the glass does shatter. And poor Shane McMahon is now dead. Yeah, both guys get cut to pieces because this is that glass. This is like uh, fluorescent tube glass. Yes, this is very... Yeah, right. And so both guys are now just bleeding all over the place. They are underneath this giant set. They're inside of the stage. And there's some more glass. Yes. We can't let that go to waste, can we? No. So he goes and he's going to, from the inside inside of the stage. We need to go back back out. out. We can't cover out here. The ref won't let Angle make a cover outside of the ring, which is a a point they make after. So we got to make sure we work our way back through the another piece of glass to get to the ring. Of course. Come on. Oh, Oh, no. no. Through that partition there. I mean, these are set designs. You know how much money this stuff is worth? Oh, no, no. Think that glass is? Well, I'm not 
worried about the money or the budgets. You're worried, worried about two human beings, especially Shane McMahon, who's getting the hell beat out of him. These two men are battered and bloody. Andrade's home again. Angle is hell-bent on driving Shane McMahon's broken body through that partition. I'm not talking about the money or the budgets. I'm talking about the thickness of the glass. I'm talking about this is big-time set designs. So he suplexes him, belly to belly suplex, into the glass. And the same thing happens. It doesn't break. But at least Shane, or at least Angle was able to catch Shane's head this time. <laughs> well, they were a little closer to the glass this time. So yeah, it wasn't as dramatic as a fall. But there was a piece like a two by four at the bottom, though, too. Yeah. Like this was so okay. He tries it then for a second well, time. Well, before he tries it the second time, the crowd chants one more time. Yeah. And I mean, they're not going to let this crowd down, Patrick. No. So he tries it for a second time. And it, yes, it Shane it, it smacks the glass and slides back down again. Yes. So this time, Kurt says, fuck it. And grabs him by the back. Listen closely to what I'm saying. Grabs him by the back of the neck, swings him around, and throw Shane through fluorescent tube glass face first. Yeah. Threw him through glass face first. And at this point in time, Shane is now legally dead. Yes, Shane is an even bigger, bloodier mess now, and he's out. He's out cold. This is where, well, this is where the match should have ended. Yeah. Kurt covers him, but the ref says, oh, no, no, no. You have to win in the ring. He respects the rules, Patrick. At this point in time, I would have counted the three just to end this shit. <laughs> Well, because that was the high. I mean, you didn't think it could get any higher, but no. it did. It still got higher. Kurt is very pissed off. <laughs> he is pissed. And so he goes and gets this cart, this cable case that they store like camera cable in. It's got wheels on it. Throws Shane on it, and he's just wheeling him back Shane, to the ring. Shane is actually knocked out at this point in time. If you've ever heard backstories of this match, Shane is literally knocked out cold. He cannot walk. He is unconscious. And so the camera case was the only way to get him back into the ring. So Kurt rolls him to the ring and covers, but Shane O'Mac, he is resilient. One, two, kick out. <laughs> JR says, oh, enough is enough. <laughs> Shane, because he's Superman, he's like Roman Reigns of 2001. He low blows Kurt and whacks him with a garbage can lid, and Shane Olympic slams Kurt. But he's so hurt, he can't cover right away, and he just throws an arm with his shoulders still down, by the way. Yeah. Over Kurt Angle and gets a near fall. Gets a two and three quarters, but Angle kicks out. Angle tries the ankle lock, but Shane tries to counter and gets slingshot into the top turnbuckle. Then Kurt decides, you know what? I haven't tortured you enough. I haven't tormented you enough. So he gets that board that Shane himself threw into the ring and he lays it across the top rope. And you're thinking, well, what the hell is he going to do with this? Yeah. He decides to use it as a platform. Yes. He balances him himself and Shane on this board and Olympic slams Shane off of the wood and the crowd goes fucking nuts and chants holy shit and everyone's standing and Angle crawls over Shane and mercifully this match is over in 26 minutes but Shane still gets a hero's exit when he leaves because you know the refs help him up the ring he gets a standing ovation from the crowd and yeah towards the end of the ramp he's like no no refs I got, I got this. this. And he let, they let go of him for, for a minute or two. Well, for a second or two, more or less. Yeah. Before and he collapses again, because this man is unconscious. No, it was an awesome match. Way too intense for the feud. <laughs> but, like, this is what DDP and Taker, this should have been their match. Yes. Yeah. 
I mean, the kind of... Stalking stalking my wife kind of stuff. Yeah, a blood feud. Like a boiling, simmering blood feud. Instead, it's like, this guy just interrupted me when I was celebrating one night. Okay, and so... So now I have to murder him. So... Yeah, it was intense. That was, that was without a doubt, the most brutal match I've seen in... And part of it was just a, a long, long an time. accident because the glass didn't break, is what makes it... It's kind of... If that glass breaks immediately, it's still an awesome match, but it's not remembered as as fondly if, if Shane doesn't slide down the those panes of glass. Oh, yeah, and you see even the non-glass sides... You af- afterwards, you literally see Shane's bloody handprint. Oh yeah, drugged down as he's like sliding down the wall. Like that, it, it looked like a crime scene. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. literally looked like a crime scene, and it was. But I really do hope you at least just put in the thud of his head hitting that concrete because it is the most disgusting thing. It will make you cringe when you really think about this is a man's skull bouncing off concrete, or just to watch it. I yeah, mean, this is. Uh brutality rarely seen in this company i mean yes landing on their necks which would be a theme of the night as chris benoit would find out later on tonight but i mean that's my favorite shane mcmahon match oh my favorite shane also yeah. it might be my favorite angle match it's up there i mean yeah. angle had some great matches though but yeah. uh it's up there it's in probably my top five and when you angle think matches. about the man just worked two two matches before this too that's impressive oh yeah when he went a good probably 30 minutes before this 30 minutes worth of matches and then to go out there and put on a 30 minute match so he basically worked an iron man match and put and what and put his body through the pain in which that he put it through for this match that's impressive that man i'm all for the fact that he went in the hall of fame i don't know about as soon as he did but i'm all for him getting put in the hall of fame this was an unbelievably talented amazing match it's time for our main event it's tough that it had to follow that match this is where a, yeah. a match should have been dividing them up this is probably where undertaker should have confronted I think DDP. shane and angle shane and angle should have been main event well yeah but i mean on paper i mean who would have if you tried to sell me that as the main event like promoted main event i'd be like if you I don't saw know. what they accomplished though in that match because shane mcmahon's not a wrestler so yeah. i mean he's not gonna move tickets he's not gonna move pay-per-view buys Right. To be the main event, so you can't promote it as the main, especially when you have Austin on, you know, the biggest star. So on any other card, though, yes, you're right. I mean, as far as like, just when you hear what they had planned, like when when you earlier that day when you hear what they had planned for that match, yeah, is when I would have been like, okay, so we're going to move y'all down to the bottom, yeah, and have you work main, and we'll just put Austin Jericho and Benoit up above you, yeah, and people would. People would have understood that. People might have left after the Austin match, though. That's the kind of danger you run into, because they don't know. They just don't... You have no way of knowing. Yeah. So... That was a... But that... Angle and Shane was a main event match. Oh, yeah. For any... For any card, any show, anywhere. Oh, yeah. There... That was... That was a phenomenal match. Way too violent for... A dude just walked... Just interrupted this guy. (laughs) That was all it took. Yeah. And we saw Taker. His wife was being stalked, and he felt rewarded with a big boot. Yeah. But it took Angle murdering Shane McMahon for interrupting him. For, yeah. I mean... So I, I, the reactionary, it's just... Go go back. I'm telling you, you cannot, and we cannot describe it enough on, on radio. Go back and watch, and just see Shane's handprint as it slid down the wall right there. 
it looks like a crime scene. It looks like you just stabbed him and he just died right there. Now we it's time for our main event. We go backstage. We see Jericho. He's just pacing around. Benoit is doing squats. And Austin, still waiting for Vince McMahon. Brooklyn brawler Steve Lombardi walks up to Austin and says, hey. You gotta head to the ring. It's time for your match. Yeah, you're not here to just wait around in the parking lot all night. This feud stems, of course, from the two-man power trip taking on Benoit and Jericho in the match that Triple H tore his quad in, and Benoit and Jericho won the tag titles that night. And Linda screws over Vince and makes this match. And then Austin tells Vince that you're going to have to choose between me and Linda. You can't have both. You you can't have your wife or me. And Stone Cold Steve Austin. You got to pick one or the other. So who? I mean, I think we know who he picked long term. I mean, she's working in the White House now. So yeah, you're gonna choose your wife probably in yeah. that situation. Vince says, Austin, either you win and retain this belt, or we're through. This partnership it only formed at WrestleMania. It's already on the rocks. Not looking good. It's not like Jimmy cracked corn and he doesn't care. Right. Oh, that's still to come. Yeah. Yeah. The, the two guys in the main event tonight, Austin and Angle, would do comedy segments, you know, just months later. Yeah. Like, crazy. Benoit is out first, followed by Jericho, and then Austin, who's out to his disturbed theme, in a vest with red lettering, spelling out Bionic Redneck, because this is after all his surgeries. Austin stalls and waits for Vince, I guess, on the ramp. Uh, Benoit and Jericho, they're not going to wait for Vince, and they run out and beat his ass. Yeah, I love how he kept, he would take a couple steps and then look back. Take yeah. a couple steps and look back. Then Austin's like, you know what, I'll just run away through the crowd. Wouldn't that have been a good way to end the night? I mentioned here, Austin's knee braces are huge. He has got giant knee braces. Yeah. This guy, just from looking at this, these knee braces, you can tell why this guy never wrestled again after WrestleMania 19 or whatever. He probably and doesn't was, get around too good. Well, and this was two years two years before he actually had to hang it up. A little less than two years. So, I mean... But a lot of that time in between was spent not wrestling, though. No, because he was in... I would say his career was winding down and being in that much pain. Jericho and Benoit bring Austin back to the ring. Benoit and Jericho chop and stomp Austin in the corner. Benoit and Jericho continue double-teaming Austin with strikes until Jericho inadvertently heel kicks Benoit. The two friends are now going to fight. Jericho turns on Benoit in the middle of this match for no reason. Stupid strategy. I've always thought that when tag partners turn, because you should work together to eliminate the champion. I mean, I know it's not an elimination match, but take him out of the match. Yeah. And then you can figure it out. But they don't do that here. They start fighting with each other. And so now Jericho and Austin team up on Benoit, and they stomp him right out of the ring. Jericho gets Austin in the walls, but Benoit breaks it up. Benoit back suplexes Jericho right out of the ring, whose head smacks on the canvas on the way down from this suplex out of the ring. Heyman points out that Benoit never lost the WCW title that he won in 2000. Benoit looks for the crossface, but Austin fights out of it. Benoit snaps suplexes Austin and gets a near fall. Austin then chucks Benoit out of the ring and throws him against the steps. Austin flips off some fans, then Benoit and Austin roll back in the ring. Austin does some ground and pound on Benoit. Then Jericho tries to get back in the ring, but Austin shoots Benoit into him and knocks him down. Benoit then shoves Austin into the ref and hits Austin with the Stone Cold Stunner. Benoit hits Steve Austin with his own finisher. The ref wakes up, Earl, but he only gets to the count of two. Benoit grabs the belt and belt shots Austin. Earl counts to two before Jericho breaks it up this time. Jericho and Benoit brawl on the outside, and Jericho takes Benoit out with the ring post. Austin tries to put Jericho in the walls, 
But Jericho reverses it and tries to put Austin in the walls instead. Austin gets a rope break in this no DQ match. Austin then hits an Alabama slam on Jericho. JR wonders where Mr. McMahon is. Well, we never found out. Austin puts Jericho in the sleeper for at least 40 seconds before Jericho escapes. Benoit tries to enter the ring. Jericho drop kicks him off the apron. Jericho tries the lion salt on Austin, but Austin gets his knees up. Austin hits his Thez press and punches on Jericho. Then Benoit comes in with a steel chair and wallops Jericho in the head with it. Austin hits the stunner on Benoit, which sends him out of the ring, and covers Jericho, who somehow kicks out at two. Austin superplexes Chris Jericho twice, one from each ring post, goes for a third, but Benoit cuts him off and hits five German suplexes in a row on Stone Cold Steve Austin before Austin finally stops it with a low blow. Now all three men are passed out in the ring. Jericho wakes up first, puts Austin in the walls, and Benoit then puts him in the crossface, and Austin taps Patrick, but Earl refuses to accept the result. Because it was two submissions, and there must be one winner. Well, Benoit and Jericho did not like that answer. Benoit catches Jericho in the crossface, though, while they are arguing with Earl. Jericho rolls through it and tries to put the walls on Benoit, but he escapes. Austin gets a chair and gets hit with a baseball slide from Benoit, so he's still out on the side of the ring. And then, surprise, surprise, Booker T jumps over the barricade. I wonder if he had a ticket. Decks Austin with a scissor kick and then throws Austin through the Spanish announce table and then he leaves. Welcome to the WWF, Booker T. That's right. The shot hard around the world. The shot was fired. Shot was fired. Benoit goes in the ring and tries triple Germans on Jericho. Jericho locks in the walls to Benoit and Benoit gets to the ropes. Benoit goes for the flying head, but Jericho cuts him off and hits the lion salt on him and his knee went crashing into Chris Benoit's skull. Then Jericho. He's like, you know what? I'm done with Benoit. I'll go get Austin because he's, you know, he's out. So I'll just roll Austin into the ring. He goes up to the top turnbuckle and hits a moonsault on Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then Chris Benoit comes in and hits a flying headbutt on Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Benoit covers Austin, but Jericho breaks it up. This is when things go south for Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit puts Chris Jericho in the corner and hits a super belly-to-back suplex, which breaks Chris Benoit's neck. Really? Yes. And so now all three men are down. Austin pulls an audible and covers Benoit, who executed the move, and wins the match in 27:52. And Austin sneaks out with the belt, and we go home for the night. It breaks Benoit's neck. Yes. I did not know this. That is why the match ended so awkwardly with Austin covering the guy that just did the move. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Chris Benoit suffered a career-halting neck injury, and he was out of action for a year. So now they've lost Triple H and Chris Benoit for a year. In the aftermath of this pay-per-view, Shane McMahon and WCW wrestlers started involving themselves in the WWF, which, of course, that legendary match between Buff Bagwell and Booker T on Raw... Yeah. was coming up in a week or two. And then, of course, the invasion and all that stuff. But what did you think of this main event? Oh, awesome match. Oh, yeah, it was really great. It's yeah. a shame it followed the match that it followed. Yeah, or because it, it doesn't get the credit it deserves. I knew that Chris Benoit had broken his neck at some point, but I thought it was like in a ladder match or something. They point to that, that final suplex is what breaks his neck, but earlier in the night, I saw Benoit's neck hit the, the ring apron, yeah. and I thought so I thought that that might be what probably led to even the slightest a bit of bit of damage a crack or something and then coming off with the superplex finished the rest of the way yeah it's just like tyson kidd uh broke his neck from a uh, muscle buster from samoa joe and it, it looked fine just like this this back suplex to chris jericho didn't look any different than any other move and which sadly of course you know 
This probably leads to some of Benoit's problems down the road, but this fake wrestling stuff is pretty dangerous. Don't try this at home. That's what they tell you. Overall, this card I could have done without (laughs) X-Pac. I knew you were going to say that. And Jeff Hardy. I would have rather seen the Matt Hardy-Just Incredible match, honestly. Um, that probably was a great match. The thrown-together tag match was fine. They, Like I said, they were scrambling to put this thing together. So, For a thrown-together pay-per-view, I think it paid off pretty well. Edge's win, I mean, it would take a while for him to be elevated to main event, but it shows that they, were con- they had some They comp- recognized his potential. Ooh, that DDP stuff... That should have been all cut. They should have really thought about how they were going to bring DDP into this company. So you didn't like it? No. Not one bit. That was, make me famous! What? It's not good. Not a good look for DDP. DDP has played, as he mentioned, at the Hall of Fame. He's played so many characters. Yeah. This is not one suited for... The dude is just one of the nicest guys. And I mean... He is. We love Dallas. I mean, you Everybody does. Yeah. He's universally loved, and by 2001, the fans know that. Yeah. And? I mean, I love what he does now with yoga, and and we've talked about it. He is one of the most positive people you will ever— positively page. You will ever meet. He he really—I don't think the man's ever said a negative thing out of his mouth his whole life. Yeah, he's just so grateful for all of his time in the business. I kind of hope that, you know, when Undertaker left his gear in the ring at WrestleMania 33, that Sarah Taker somehow got it and put it on eBay so she'd get all the money. At WrestleMania 32, he left his gloves, and this year he left his jacket, his gloves, and his hat. So next year he's going to Next year he's still got his boots and he's got his tights, so eventually he will leave everything. He will walk out of the ring completely naked. (laughs) <laughs> well, he's a phenom, so I imagine he could just... He's going to turn into like a... a an smoke an, will come up. An angel or something. Oh, there you go. Smoke comes up, and then everything... All everything. Of, all of his clothes his and His hair. Yeah. All of his clothes and everything. All his is, tattoos. His tights, his tights, everything there, and he's just disappeared under the ring naked. <laughs> Yeah, somewhere Undertaker's walking around naked in the streets of New Orleans or whatever. There you go. Which wouldn't be uncommon for New Orleans. Uh, (laughs) That would not be, especially from our trip to New Orleans. That would not be uncommon. So on our rating scale of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, El Gigante, where would you rate King of the Ring 2001? Oh, I'm definitely... Definitely going to give it a mean Mark Calloway. That's a make pretty... me famous. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, man. Right there with you. Very good show. Uh, it's hard skip to skip. Be- it's Jeff hard- Hardy and X Pac, and you'll it's be hard fun. to believe that it's a three hour pay per view because it fly you fly through it. I mean, it's an easy watch. Oh yeah, and you can just skip all of the DDP stuff too. Um, I enjoyed it, but I will award this a Ron Reese, a Yeti, the Yeti is what I will give this one. A very tall man. You don't remember the Yeti? No. Halloween Havoc 95? Remember the uh, the mummy that comes out and oh, violates okay. Hulk Hogan? Yeah. That is the... Reese even- from, the, uh, from the flock. Yeah. So that's what I will give. King of the Ring 2001. Now this pay-per-view prominently featured 
Diamond Dallas Page. Not his best role, Diamond Dallas Page, here in this uh, stalker angle. So instead, I will go to a highlight for my pick for the next edition of Retro Wrestling Podcast, which will be in two weeks. In two weeks, we will go back to 1999, Spring Stampede, where DDP takes on Sting Hogan and Ric Flair for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Okay, I know where you're going with this. Awesome. So we will see a night... Where DDP was actually made famous. A culmination sort of. of the legendary career of Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, taking on three of the biggest stars in the industry with Macho Man as the special guest ref, Patrick. I don't know if he'll be able to pull it off. I have a good feeling about it, though. It did happen uh, about 18 years ago, so it's easy to, to read spoilers. But I think he, he pulls it off. Maybe. 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 The shot heard around the world was actually not Booker T's scissor kick. No, it was, it was, uh, it was Shane McMahon's head. Smacking concrete. Smacking concrete after hitting some glass, which they probably picked a new fake glass company after this this pay-per-view. Probably. Yeah, they probably were pretty pissed about the glass. Yeah. If I want something to break, I want it to break, you know. Yeah. It was too good. Or it was too bad. One or the other. Depends on how you look at it. Yeah. Either the glass was too strong that's, or... That's almost... That's getting close to that CZW crap that you show me. Oh, with, yeah. With fluorescent tubes and stuff like that. Them guys are insane, man. I, I've, I've done hardcore matches, but you start putting in glass, then I'm like, nope, sorry, not happening. That's what we'll do. Spring Stampede 99. You can find all of our episodes at RetroWrestlingPodcast.com. On Twitter, at RetroWPodcast, and on Facebook, the Retro Wrestling Podcast page, and Patrick Young's Wrestling Facebook page. And, of course, you can download the show on iTunes, Downcast, and Google Play Music. And you probably already have done that, seeing as we're two hours into this thing. So, thank you very much. We appreciate and love our listeners so much. Well, that'll do it for this week. I'm intern Alex. I'm the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline. And bingo, bango. Every time I go out there, I I try to do the best that I can do. I try to have the best match I can possibly have with whomever I'm working with. Uh, It's been limited, but I enjoy it. You know, everyone says, oh, I do it for the fans. I do it for the fans, yes. I also do it for me. I do it for the guy I'm working with. I do it for a personal satisfaction also. Kurt and I have great chemistry, so we knew we were going to go out there and hopefully we're going to give it our best. And that's exactly what we did. We apologized before we went out there, and we knew it was going to be rough. Um, Is Kurt dangerous? Absolutely. And that's, tr- that's the truth. He will take any man down and stretch them all over the place and make you scream in pain. That's, that's what Kurt Angle is. He's a bad <laughs> He won the 96 gold medal. From a sheer, we call it shoot standpoint, I mean, he's the best in the world. Um, you go out there and you get, that, you get that adrenaline pumping, you know, and the fans are feeding you. And you know what? It's, it's battle. It really, it, you're two gladiators going at it. If you could pull that off and you had that appreciation and get goosebumps thinking about it, you have 20,000 people rocking, you know the whole world is watching, you just, you're feeling that, you just can't help but come out there and just go at it, go at it, go at it. 
You know, it, things hurt like hell. I mean, you know, I'm seeing stars. Wham, I come back with a shot, and Kurt's eyes split open. He's bleeding, and Kurt, you know, he's pissed off now because it's just natural pain will do that to any animal, especially a person. And here we go. You, rewind the tape. I watched it back uh, the other day. And uh, just me and appreciation for me, I was just like, ooh. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's, uh, that's stiff. <laughs> It's a competition, you know, as much as everyone says it's not, it's a competition. You know, I wanted to see how good Kurt was. I know he's the best in the world, but I wanted to see just how good. That's the, I have that in me. I want to challenge the best. And Kurt was pissed, you know, Kurt was extremely pissed. Of course, Kurt King of the Ring. Kurt had to compete two other times before facing me. I'm not, I'm not going to get in there with Kurt. He's a thoroughbred. You know, so how do you weaken the thoroughbred? And that's when you make him run a race a couple of times. So that's exactly what my plan was, and that's what I did. With that, I wanted to throw Kurt off his game because I never just want to face him one-on-one, -on -one, straight up, suicide, anybody. When we started amateur wrestling, you know, boom, I'm sitting out, I'm going absolutely as fast as I can, just right behind me every time. It, I truly have an appreciation, even more so now, of being, you know, in that situation with Kurt that I'm just like, man, this guy is a bad son of a he is just, uh, that's why he's the best. That's why he has an Olympic gold around his neck. Um, not to say that I'm a great amateur wrestler. I have lower experience, but uh, to have someone just dominate you like that is, you're just like, whoa, that's absolutely blows you away. There's no way you're in my league, McMahon. No way. Come on, get him out of here. Come on, Kurt. Get him out. Kurt came in right in the beginning and killed me all over. I was just like, forget it. There's no way I can do this. Then Kurt got comfortable because he got right back in that game. I know if I can get Kurt comfortable, no. Let's go. then I'd have the advantage. Kurt was comfortable. He was amateur. He's going to embarrass me again and slap me all over the place. And then I, you know, oh. I heard that, oh, <laughs> I heard that big gasp. And then I just forget it. I went back to what I know. I was like, obviously, I'm not going to wrestle with this guy. I just started pounding on his face. Whatever your natural instincts are, you always revert back to your natural instincts. So I knew Kurt would rely, if I was able to rock him a little, Kurt would go back to his natural instincts. And his natural instinct is to grab a guy and pick him up and slam him to the ground. Believe me, every time a tight waist takedown, he'd slam me to the ground, my whole face pop off and my shoulder. and I was able to block it, and then I just started running. I knew Kurt would hold on because there's no way he's going to let go of me. Thank God, you know, this is not an amateur mat, this is a ring. And as we got to the ropes, I just, everything I had, I hit the ground. And Kurt went flying, hit the ropes, flew out, and then hit the cement, which slowed him down a little bit more. Then he was real mad. <laughs> then he was real mad. Then I was like, uh-oh, I better uh, get on my horse here. Kurt flew in, started coming after me. I was just like, well, let's get the hell out of here. Boom, I ran out of Dodge. You know, I'm running for my life trying to think of my feet. I'm like, this guy's going to kill me. <laughs> I knew I had a couple things planted, but uh, we'll see. So I jumped up. I got behind JR. I figured maybe I'll take a quick breather here. But I know I have to get to that kendo stick because that's my equalizer. That's one way to slow you know, the best in the world down. So that's what happened. I just leaped right off the top, off that barricade. I remember jumping over JR and then wham, came down with everything I had and knocked Kurt down. Uh, they gave me enough time to get the kendo stick. Then I was the bad boy on the block at that moment. Kendo stick's made out of bamboo. It's the hardest wood in the world. And that's what they use in Singapore to, to punish people when they do crimes and things. I mean, that's a serious, you call it a weapon, and call it whatever you want, it's a serious equalizer. So crack, I nail Kurt. 
Uh, it broke on the first shot. I was like, oh, his ribs are busted. And he bent over, and I just started going to town on him. Boom, 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 just going to town. I go, I got to put him down. I have to put this guy down. I got to put him out now. And Kurt, he charged back at me, nailed me into the ring post, smashed my head. Then Kurt charged me one more time. I barely got out of the way. Poof. And then Kurt, I knocked Kurt over the barricade. You know, we're both exhausted. I can't imagine how tired Kurt is. I mean, he had two other matches prior to this, you know, which is, again, part of my strategy. I think Kurt's down for the count for a little while, but you know what? He's a, he's a tough man. He comes right from behind, grabs me. I was able to turn it around and then uh, just ran him into everything I could. But you have to remember, every single time I did something, it took air out of me. It took energy out of me. Every single thing, every time you throw a punch, you know, I don't know if people at home ever try to do that. Just try shadow boxing for 30 seconds. Throw your, throw your hands as fast as you can for 30 seconds and see how tired you are. Try running up a flight of stairs and imagine and truly have an appreciation for when you get those jelly legs and you, everything hurts and aches and you can barely throw a punch. You have to continue. You have to keep going. Shot a half Nelson on him, just drilled him as hard as I could in the back of the head. Now I'm off the stairs, rolled him back in, and then... Uh, I was just like, forget it. <laughs> I go, this guy's got to be done. Covered him one, two, and then he, he amateur again. He neck bridged. He's got a neck like this. Anyway, um, and he neck bridged. I was like, what the hell is this? Get back down there. Wham! Nailed him. Neck bridge again. Drilled him again. And third time, I was like, okay, hot shot. You know, Kurt's bridging for everything he has. That's all he's thinking about is no pin, no pin. And he's bridging. All of a sudden, I was just like, forget it. I just dropped an elbow. Boom, take that. It's <laughs> like, all right, I got something for you. I went outside. Started throwing in everything I could find into the ring. Uh, then I started wearing him out. Kurt's down. I, I go, that's it. This, he's done. I covered him tight. I really cinched down. Next thing I know, Kurt somehow, neck bridge, spin up, boom, 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 boom. Kurt's kneeing me, giving me everything he's got. Oh, every shot just took every breath out of me. I was just like, forget it. I was about ready to say no, Moss. I grabbed his leg. Kurt went to kick me. I dug down. And then, I don't know, it just came to me, ankle lock. That was it. Nowhere near as effective as Kurt's, obviously. Boom, Kurt spun out of it, kicked me right in the face, and that's where he almost knocked me out. One more time, he almost knocked me out. Boom, play that back. You know, and you watch my head snap. Boom, I held on because I was going out. I was unconscious, and just as I start to come back, wham, I got one more shot. Finally, I fell down. Uh, after that, I'm blurry. <laughs> I'm just doing everything I can until I get my senses back. But the sharpshooter, he hit me, and then I knew I'd, I had to wear Kurt out. You know, I hit him. You go back, and you watch how hard I hit him with that shot in the right hand. I cracked him. It was like, I felt it felt good. You know when you hit a baseball just right? When he kicked out of that, I was like, this is the toughest man on the planet. I go, I, he's, he's just tough. We've been beating the crap out of each other. I said, forget it. So then, then I went to the trash cans. Uh, then I was like, you know, this, this still isn't going to work. And then I went to the top rope. I go, I'm finishing him. So flying up there, I went for the shooting star. Wham! I ended up right there on my left side uh, on the trash can. Yeah, I, well, I'm pretty much numb by now. Your adrenaline keeps you going. You can't bottle that. You can't get it uh, unless you're in that type of situation. And that's what keeps you going. That's why our guys are able to do miraculous things. After the fact, you're toast. You know, the next day, the next week, you know, I'm still banged up. Uh, King of the Ring was uh, almost two weeks ago. Um, but that adrenaline gets you through there. That's what you're working on, and that crowd just continues to feed it. It's about to get truly interesting now, because uh, then we went to the outside. 
all the way down that concrete floor. We just continued to battle. Not, not we, he continued to beat my ass. <laughs> all the way down, all the way down. And then um, he went to suplex me on the cement. Boom, I blocked. He suplex, suplex, I block both times. I grabbed Kurt, everything I had up, and then whoo, we both landed so hard, and I just heard uh, from Kurt. When I heard that, I know Kurt was hurt. I hit the back of my head, and my whole spine is tingling. But uh, looking over and watching it back, I saw Kurt's face of that of the face that you you're hurt so bad you can't utter a word. It's a credit to what a stud Kurt is. And Kurt picked me up. And, oh yeah, take this. <laughs> Crack me. Here I come back. I was like, oh yeah, boom! Hitting Kurt with a shot. It's just one after the other. We're just battling back and forth. And Kurt's obviously got the advantage. He's up and he's hitting down. I'm just, that last punch, I just reached everything I had because Kurt was coming and I just crack. And as soon as I did that, Kurt's eyes lit up and he was just like, you son of a <laughs> grab me. And then <laughs> I felt my, I laugh about it now, I felt my entire body, boom, he jammed me into the pole, whatever that uh, structure was for the King of the Ring chair. It was hard. Now I'm spinning, I'm like, whoo. So once your equilibrium goes, you can't stay up. So you go to the ground. Kurt falls on me. You know, that's, that's just pure exhaustion. And that both of us are toast. Then we went for the fun part. Kurt grabs me next. Uh, my equilibrium's still off. He looks at me. He goes, you're going through, you son of a I managed to just tilt my head a little bit. Uh, came right down on my melon. All of a sudden, you hear this, this noise inside my head. Being knocked out many times, unfortunately, I know this experience. It's just before you go blank. I see Mike Kyoto, the referee, checking on me, saying stuff. I can read his mouth. He says, are you all right? But I can't hear him. Uh, I said, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, because again, your adrenaline's pumping. And then at this point now, all of a sudden, it's like, whoosh, like you turn the volume back up. I can hear everything. You know, he's like, okay, you're down. You're going down, McMahon, you know? And again, he goes, you all right? Kurt asked me. I go, yeah, now I'm pissed. Okay, now I'm even more pissed. I'm hurt. I am angry. I am pissed off. I said, throw me through that. Kurt grabbed me and Kurt reared back and tossed me. That was it for a while. Talk about uh, <laughs> uh, thinking about it. I was like, Ooh. just laying there. I'm going, oh my God. I go, all right, systems check. Let's see where I am here. I started counting to 10. You know, what's today's date? Where am I? You know, things you do, again, having many concussions, I'm going through and making sure I'm all right, trying to feel my arms, can feel my toes wiggling. I'm just like, okay. And just as I, I get to, okay, I'm, I think I'm okay, other than I'm not seriously, seriously injured, uh, but I'm hurt. I'm hurt bad. Um, you know, I can, I can barely move now. Here comes Kurt. <laughs> Here we go again. That's the hardest glass in the world. Hard. You know, it's, forget it. One more time. Bam. Forget it. Didn't happen. Finally, Kurt just, Kurt just grabbed me and, uh, and picked me up. And again, we're both exhausted. And Kurt's in pain. I'm, I'm in excruciating pain. And he just says, you know, you're going through. Took me and then heaved me through the window. Back out. Then I just laid there. 
No. And to go through glass, I mean, it's going through a wall. It's the same, just having to be a glass wall. And now your noggin, it's cutting you and you're laying through it in your back and you got little pieces of glass all over the place. And you are so happy you're laying on that glass because you're not moving. And I'm just so happy that I'm resting and I'm just down there going, please don't move me. This is fine. Pin me. Whatever you got to do, this is enough. Enough's enough. It's truly at that point where do you go for it or you give up? And that's, you're always asking yourself that question. The answer was, we got to finish it. We got to. Kurt got a, one of those road cases. Watch him pick me up. You know, I'm, I'm luggage at this point. I hear him oh, grunting and groaning. I'm like, oh, man, he's hurt. Picks me up. He's pushing me in, and I'm here. Oh, Kurt's hurt. And when I kicked out, you know, I was like, wow. The place just went and that adrenaline just hit us again. We are just like, wow, to feel that. Kurt went, got a trash can lid, reached up above me, went to go nail me. Took Kurt out of his game again. Boom, went down. Nailed Kurt a couple times. Boom, hitting him with the trash can lid. Here comes Kurt now flying off. He fell right on me. As we went up, it was just a, it was just a deep squat. Kicked my feet for the angle slam. Boom, when we hit, I heard, oh. One more time. I'm toast. I know Kurt's hurt now. I don't know what is hurt. Reach over, he kicks out. My God, what's, what's left to do? Uh, Kurt gets on me, and then he goes for the ankle lock. I knew it was over. I just kicked with everything I had. As soon as I started kicking, 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 Kurt grabbed my feet, turned it right around on me, threw me, slingshotted me up onto the top rope. Kurt comes up, and he hits me with this big piece of... Uh, cabinetry wood you know it was so solid it was enormous curtain nailed me boom i was like oh then again and then again i was like oh man no moss no more kurt put the wood up there uh straddling the top rope climbed up and that's when kurt said i think i broke my tailbone oh man because i know i know where we're going now this is it this is the finish as kurt was picking me up i remember Looking up, you know, seeing you know, blurriness, but I see people on their feet. And then the next thing I know, we're flying through the air. I was like, oh my God, where is the, where is the ground? Where is it? We're boom! And then everything just shut down. Thank God this is over. One, two, three. Unbelievable match um, for me and for him. When you're able to do that with another person, you know that you have done the absolute best. You've both worked towards one goal, and that's to entertain and have the best possible match for not only the fans, which is so important, but also for yourselves, for everybody in the back, for my dad, for my grandfather. To have a type of match like that and to go through that, you know, Kurt and I now have a special bond, and we have a camaraderie and a friendship that will never be broken because of that one experience, unless you have you have that code of the gladiator unless you strive to have that excellence. Men are simple. You know, it's like, hey, instead of saying hi to your buddy, you'd be like, what's up, dickhead? That's like a better compliment than saying, hey, man, I really missed you. We're simple creatures with very few drives, and going through something like that is, is one of them. A standing ovation from the fans and the crowd, that's what you do it for. And then when you walk backstage and you get that from your peers, that's the highest honor you can ever get. You know, other than my father, um, 
highest honor for me is having the boys say, unbelievable, thank you. I start walking to the training room, and there's my wife, Marissa, and she is just bawling, you know. That's the other side of the business, that when you see that and how you, what you have done hurts people, that was the only thing that I regret from the match, is seeing her that upset and knowing that what I did cost her that pain. Because it's true. I can only imagine what she was saying, because I was a bloody wreck. It was so bloody, I looked down, my hands are, I didn't want to touch her. And when I looked down, I just said, baby, I'm okay. I go, I'm gonna be okay. And then once she knew I was gonna be okay, then she started crying even more. I was like, Whew. and I wanted to hug her. I didn't want to, I didn't want to taint her in any way by putting in a, a drop of blood or dirt or anything because she's the purest thing in my life. After that, I said, I'm okay. She says, okay. She says, are you sure? I go, I'm okay. She goes, okay. She says, I love you. I said, I love you too. That's tough. And every time we go out there, now imagine every time Undertaker or whoever it is out there in the ring, you have to remember they have children, they have wives, they have mothers, they have fathers. And truly put yourself in that, from that standpoint of, it puts things in perspective for you. That's somebody's son or daughter or whatever going through all that. Um, but it was a hell of a match.